Recovery Sort Of is a podcast where we discuss recovery topics from the perspective of people living in long-term recovery. This podcast does not intend to represent the views of any particular group, organization, or fellowship. The attitudes expressed are solely the opinion of its contributors. Be advised, there may be strong language or topics of an adult nature. Welcome back. It's recovery, sort of. I'm Jason, a guy in long-term recovery. And I'm Billy. I'm a guy in long-term recovery as well. I am just waiting for somebody to ask me to share a tradition for meeting in April. Because I feel like I got the insight from last week's episode. I'm like, oh, I got the fire now. Uh, so today we're going to talk to some people from Recovery Cafe, uh, a particular recovery cafe that is out in Vancouver, Washington. Not Vancouver, Canada. Vancouver, Washington whole nother place suburb of portland (laughs) yeah um yeah right next to oregon right so they're gonna have all that uh all them people that have the free use of what is it free drugs (laughs) in oregon it's just not it's not not free drugs it's It's just not criminalized right okay correct so all the people who who now through decriminalized activity can finally reach a point where they're ready to do something different without law enforcement holding them up from getting there i don't want to call it a bottom because i don't believe we have to hit a bottom but you know they'll get to that point now and they can run over the the bridge to recovery cafe uh so yeah we're gonna learn all about it i i didn't know much about it i i thought it was like a coffee shop and i kind of laughed at that and and then come to find out it is kind of like a coffee shop yeah it's basically a place where people hang out for recovery (laughs) it's exactly what i've been saying we need something besides a 12-step fellowship that is the hub of recovery yeah and it it sounds like that's what they try to be a place for people that can come together that are in different paths of recovery just to hang out talk form a community build relationships hang i'm i'm all in i need a place like that honestly i need a place to go when my family's driving me crazy that i can just get out of the house and it speaks right to, you know, if you haven't heard it, this guy, Johan Hari, did a TED Talk that was the opposite of addiction is connection. And I think that's what they're trying to do there. They're trying to build community, of, you know, of a bunch of addicts, bringing them together for a stronger community. I'm not saying that guy's wrong, but I often hear new versions of the opposite of something is something. And it's like something real bold. And I'm like, yeah. I like it. I buy, I'm like, is it really? But I, I don't know that it's true. I just heard the opposite of faith is certainty, not fear. And I was like, is it really? Yeah. I don't know. I'm still, I heard this like a week ago. I'm still thinking about it. So it must bother me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But uh, yeah. So, I mean, look, if Recovery Cafe was in my neighborhood, there's no doubt in my mind from what I've saw online uh, that I would probably be there. Like, I, I like the idea. I, I think they might need to have hot tea. <laughs> like I, I love my coffee but I, I i'm pretty strict about my two coffees a day because i don't want to be one of them people that's having like six and seven coffees a day because i feel like that's unhealthy other fancy teas mocha tea or matcha tea whatever the no, fuck it's no, no just black tea <laughs> green man. i can't do all that <laughs> i tried a green tea i wasn't happy with it no. and then i did a chai tea which was good but then it started upsetting my stomach so i just mm. need a just need a black tea with some nice caramel flavor nice. or something yeah, so if they got tea, I would just come by all the time and hang out. And what I pictured at the Recovery Cafe is a place where I could go with sponsees to do, like, step work and shit. Mm. Like, they might have booths where you could get a little privacy. I don't know. See, I still feel like if other people were... I still I feel like I need a closed room somewhere. I don't feel like I could do it in a booth. No? I don't know. Even if y'all are in recovery, I don't want you hearing my dirt. <laughs> I mean, look, I'm not... My wife knows absolutely everything about my life. I don't keep anything from her. Even when I shit I don't like about her. She knows it, right? I still don't want her standing outside my door while I'm doing virtual therapy. Like, mm-hmm. it just feels weird. I want to have the freedom to not be heard. The freedom to not be heard. That's wow. interesting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. So enough bullshit. Let's have these recovery cafe people on. We're going to have on Becky and Ethan, and they're going to tell us all about it, and then you guys can... If you like it, go out and explore Recovery Cafe for yourselves. Let's get that happening. There is one in Washington, D.C. That's the closest one to this area. Yeah. 
All right, so we're here with Becky and Ethan from Recovery Cafe, and they are in Clark County. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Vancouver, Washington. Vancouver, Washington. So welcome on the show, guys. Thank you. Thank you. So we're going to talk about the Recovery Cafe, and I, I wanted to give a little uh, anecdote of what happened when I was kind of discovering you guys, and, and I don't want you to take this the wrong way because it, it might come out the wrong way. Um, but generally, I was like, oh, Recovery Cafe, that sounds like a coffee shop, ha, 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 right? And then I was like, oh, no, but it's it's probably way cooler than that and more serious. There's probably like all these things and like this a la carte menu of all these nice, cool ideas that people can come in and pick what they want for their recovery. And then I got in touch with you and you sent me the video and I was like, huh, it, it's a coffee shop, right? <laughs> and then obviously since then, like uh, doing a little more exploration, it's, it's obviously a lot more than a coffee shop. But I, I think the simplicity of building a community of recovery around the coffee shop idea is beautiful, right? But it was funny how I just kind of went through this loop of like thinking, I don't know, it was weird. <laughs> um, but I, I would like to hear more about maybe the basis of the program and, and how it started and how you guys got involved. Yeah, definitely. So um, there was a small group, uh, recovery, uh, the Recovery Coalition here in Vancouver, Washington. It's the Southwest uh Southwest Recovery Coalition. Mm -hmm. um, they got together and they uh, heard about this recovery cafe up in Seattle, Washington, and they wanted to check it out and see what it was about. They did a bunch of, um, you know, checking into it and investigating type of thing. Uh, and we went up there as a group to see what they had to offer. And as soon as you walked into the building up there, you just felt the love and the um, camaraderie of everybody in the building. And it was just amazing um, just walking through the front door. Uh, but is where it started from was uh, Killian No. Um, she moved to Seattle from the East Coast. And she was exploring with some other people there in Seattle of what, how they could help people out, what was missing, what needed to be filled, what kind of gap needed to be filled. And they kind of came up with sitting around while drinking coffee. <laughs> while drinking coffee, they came up with the idea and they started to check into, you know, what could be done. And it was resources. A lot of, you know, a lot of, there's a lot of um, recovery things out there, but, you know, you got to go over here and you got to go over there and you got to go over here to get the resources. Why can't we have it all in one building? and uh, have the resources and find the places and offer support, the extra support that, you know, um, AA is great, NA is great. All those pathways are great, but why can't we offer a space where all those come together? So as one, and because that, that's what everybody's working for, recovery, right? So <laughs> why not do it all together? So that's what it kind of came about. So we went up there, there's probably, I think, 12 of us, maybe 15, went up there and checked it out. And we said, Vancouver, Washington needs this. And uh, so, yeah, just kind of started from there. And there was just a group of us volunteering for a whole year, trying to build this up. And now it has exploded here in Vancouver, Washington, and we're wow. looking for a building. <laughs> yeah, well, that's great. So I, I have to be honest, I didn't even know there was a Vancouver, Washington. I thought Vancouver was in Canada. Um, and so that's probably my own like terrible no, that's geography. that's pretty common. That, that's pretty <laughs> common. So we're, we're right across the bridge from Portland, Oregon. We're in Southwest, the last stop before you hit, you hit Oregon. That's So have you found you're like losing people now that Oregon's uh, or, or Portland's uh, wide open for everybody? Isn't that the... No, no, they're, no, they're coming across the bridge still. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. So Washington is a really, at least it seems from Maryland, it seems like Washington's a pretty forward-thinking state. Uh, between Washington, Oregon, and, and just over the Canadian border, we've talked to some people from up there, and it seems like there's a lot of progressive ideas about what to do about recovery and substance use because I'm guessing it's a big problem out there. So it was a very big problem. And um, from what I have done research on, Washington has become kind of a, um, a recovery, uh, I, don't, I don't know what the word I'm trying to look for, but they, a lot of people are looking at Washington now and saying, oh, what are they doing there? It's working. 
what's going on? So there's in it's different parts. It's here in Vancouver, it's in Seattle, it's over in Spokane. They're looking at it and they're saying they're doing something to where people are starting to like change their lives around. Something's happening there, and what are they doing there? So um, yeah, so that's kind of what Washington has been doing lately. So but yeah, it's and it's definitely needed. So you think that, you know, well, one day we ain't gonna have people come through those doors. That will never happen. So unfortunately, it won't ever happen. And is Clark County, is that like a more rural county or is that more metropolis type area? Hold up. Did this dude just say metropolis? He could have said city-like, urban, metropolitan, and he says metropolis. Okay. It, it was rural. It was the outskirts, kind of Portland, you know, even though it was in Washington. And then, and then in the last uh, 25 years, it's just grown up and it's becoming, uh, it's kind of out. People, Portland keeps growing. And so people are finding other places to live. Uh, me and Becky once lived in Vancouver back in the 90s. And we moved uh, 20 miles north to, to a little town called Glamour just to be on the outskirts of it. But, uh, yeah, so it was rural, but now it's become a metropolis. <laughs> gotcha. But, I mean, you, you see the same addiction problems in the rural areas as you are in the big cities. Yes, yes, yeah. Why do We're you right think on there's... I-5, the main line from Canada to Mexico, so mm. blocks away from it. So. Huh, that's interesting. Do you think you're on, like, a transport line of people smuggling drugs from Mexico to Canada or something and <laughs> you're a stop-off? Yeah. Oh. There is a gentleman that has went all the way up and down the I-5, and that's how he pretty much does his his using, I guess you could say, is he just goes up and down, you know, he goes along with the seasons. So once in a while, he will show his face at the front door, and I'm like, well, at least you're still around, you know, there's still... Right. I know I'm getting us off topic, but I'm like fascinated that there's so much substance use in Washington now. I'm like, is it because the weather? I mean, I hear Seattle's like rainy. Is everybody depressed? So they're all getting high or like, what's going on out there? (laughs) That's probably a piece of it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. But we also, I mean, similarly, we're on the 95 corridor over here on the East Coast. So it's like the main thoroughfare from Miami up to New York. So we are right on like a, a drug transport trafficking line and we're a small rural county, but I think in Maryland we're first or second in like heroin overdose, you know, and and opioid use and things like that because, you know, it's so easy to get. It's right on the transport line and it makes it readily available. Funny how you mentioned uh, that you didn't know where Van- about Vancouver, Washington, but you knew Vancouver, BC, because we recently uh, a cafe just recently opened up in Vancouver, BC. So we're, when we tell people, we're like, you know, we're all across the U.S. and now we're international. But, <laughs> but uh, so I was on a call and one day, and I it was with all the cafes and. And I said, you know, well, here in Vancouver, you know, blah, blah, blah. And the gentleman comes back and he goes, I don't know you. And you're not from Vancouver. And I I said, you must be the new guy from Vancouver, B.C. (laughs) So, but yeah, we also have a cafe now up in Vancouver, B.C. So it's pretty cool. That's awesome. I, I, I assure you, I don't know Vancouver canada for any special reason except they have a sports team so i've heard of them like that's i wouldn't know outside of that so how many recovery cafes are there um so there is 26 i believe um some are they call them emerging cafes some are full members so um you go through the process of becoming a full member of the network because it's a network and we're all kind of under um an umbrella and so we have like a lot of the curriculum and everything that way it's it stays connected the model stays connected and um so yeah i don't i can't remember how many emerging uh cafes are but there's about 26 and they're starting some more up too so are they all located in metropolitan type areas we were curious about that because we were like we should start one in our little cecil county maryland area but it's super rural and spread out i was like that's probably like a thing you do in cities (laughs) Um, so like, or- yeah, Ording, Ording, yeah. Ording Valley, which, um, we just had her here for a training, 
um, the executive director from there, it's like they have one, I think she said like one store. And so, I mean, it's a tiny place. It's a tiny town or, and uh, they have a cafe there that has been doing pretty good. A lot of the cafes actually work out of either basements of churches and stuff like that, or they do like little buildings off to the side and stuff. So uh, we were lucky enough to um, get a bu- uh, one, a building of our own. So, Gotcha. There's, there's quite a few that are kind of in small places though. Neat. Neat. So we were, we had mentioned the, uh, the franchising or kind of networking, the way you go about getting into part of this, Billy was talking about it with me before you guys came on and, and mentioning the, the money and like, that's so tricky, right? Because as a, as a guy who's always not trying to get sucked into a scheme, right? That's, that's, <laughs> or money. Like, I don't want money to stand in the way from people being able to get help. And yet, at the same time, I do completely understand wanting to have some boundaries on, like, hey, if you're going to use this name, we want you to be for real. We want you to be thorough and we want you to be serious about doing it the way we do it because this is what we believe in and what works. And so, how hard was that for you to, to buy into that aspect of it when you guys decided to start yours? I think it was easy uh, in the sense that to keep the fidelity because we've, we've seen some cafes that tried to do it. Then they went off on their own to do their own thing. You know, they, they want to become homeless shelters and do all, you know, wanting to help. And instead of being the resource agent, the broker, as you will, uh, they, they just started taking on some of those things. And, uh, and there was one in, in, in our area with recovery coaches, because that's what it's based upon the C car recovery coach model. And, uh, that didn't follow the fidelity of, uh, the Seattle network cafe. And, uh, so we had to outlive that a bit, you know, it was kind of like a, an older brother that's raising hell in town and, and trying to do it the right way. And so you got to outlive that reputation a little bit, but we, we've stood now that's going on three years. We've stood the test of time. They're not around no more. And I think that we'll always, have, you know, just like anything, you're always going to have to deal with the good, the bad, and the ugly and something and try to be the good. That's awesome. So what does it look like when you when you walk into the cafe, right? So I, I'm coming into your cafe. Obviously, uh, some of the rules, you know, I need 24 hours clean and sober. Um, what is the first thing I encounter when I walk in? So the first thing you'll encounter is our, um, we call them our front door people. Um, so you'll be a greeter and so you'll be, um, ask, you know, oh, are you here? Is it your first time? Um, do you have a circle, a recovery circle today? Because, you know, our greeters don't know everybody that comes through the door, um, if they're a member or not. And we'll determine if you are visiting for the day or if you just want to know what the cafe is about. If you just want to know what the cafe is about, we just have you sign a little piece of paper. Um, it's not signing your life away. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's just a little piece of paper with your information on it. And then we hand you off to, we call them recovery cafe companions. And it's people, members that have been the, with the cafe for a while. And they sit with you and they talk to you about what the cafe offers, what we have here um, during lunch. They walk you through the lunch line and, you know, you get your lunch and you sit down and you just talk with them and, you know, find out what their needs are, what they're looking for. Um, how can we support you? Uh, is this going to be for you, you know? And then we offer them to come back to our new member introduction, which is usually on Saturdays. And um, they just go through an hour of, you know, they um, see a video of the Seattle Cafe, what they have, what they've done up there. And then we talk to them about what our requirements are, which are, you know, the three things, 24 hours clean and sober, make sure you attend your recovery circle and give back to the community. Um, and that's pretty much it. So, and uh, our recovery circles are pretty much support groups. It's an extra support group that you meet once a week with the same people. So is the coffee free? The coffee is free. The food is free. Everything at the cafe is free. Everything in the door. So is it just coffee or do you got like fancy drinks too? <laughs> we, we have fancy drinks. Oh, we man. have our own barista. Yeah, it's going to say you need a barista for that. I feel yeah. like I could like do some volunteer work for them and, and stay way cheaper than I am at Starbucks. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and that's what we do is some of our members, um, they have want, you know, well, I've always kind of wanted to see what a barista is about. And so we offer them training for barista. 
We offer them um, to get their food handlers card and work in the kitchen. Um, so it, you know, people in recovery or some people don't know how to do things and they want to learn. So that's what we're here for. Is everybody, and, and I'm not trying to throw anybody's anonymity out there, but is everybody that's involved in the cafe uh, part of the recovery movement or are there some people that maybe are just outsiders who want to help or, or believe in it? Yes, there's both. There's okay. both. Some of the outsiders, believe it or not, but what's neat about the recovery cafe is that you're, you're in recovery when you say you're, re, you're in recovery, but you're also in recovery with whatever you want to be in recovery for. Mm. So, people, you know, are codependent, some people alcohol, drug addiction, uh, maybe some people have had a heart attack and they're, they're trying to get their health right. Uh, getting ch- So what are, everybody has a reason to be in recovery, um, you know, and that's what the Recovery Cafe believes. And so it welcomes everybody. So some people will come just being the outsider. I'm just going to volunteer. I want to do something pretty soon. They're like, hey, I think I'm into this. You know, I think I'll, I'll get in a circle and check this out, you know. And so and then there's there's actually some people that have no alcohol or substance abuse uh, disorder at all that, that facilitate circles, that become recovery coaches and facilitate circles. And and for me, my recovery, it was it was people without the lived experience that took the recovery coach class that actually helped me get clean and sober this last time. When I say last time, I mean the last time, but, but yeah. And so I, I'm a recovery coach with lived experience, but there are, there were some that didn't have the lived experience that took the class that are the ones that, that the reason I have success today. So. Hmm, that's interesting. So we, we are, I don't know, we're kind of associated loosely with a, <laughs> with a group around here called voices of hope. Um, and they do a lot of stuff. They have recovery coaching and, and peers that work here and, you know, the C car model, like a lot of that's familiar, um, conversation. And, and I think they do have a rule where you have to either have substance use or a family member. Isn't that a thing or mental health? Or, so yeah, there's some for, kind of to, rule that they do to follow. volunteer or to be a member volunteer at voices. You have to either, well, they say recovery advocates too. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. So it, it, Sorry. it's affected everybody or, you know, or mental health has somebody in their family. So they have the lived experience, but that, you know, a lot of times you hear, well, you know, you hear in meetings, different types of meetings. If you weren't, a, if you're not a recovering alcohol or drug addict, you can't help people or they use the stigma, the labels like normie, which is just, I don't, hopefully it's outdated right now. because Also to me, when people call someone out a normie group of people, it's just not right. But, because everybody's been affected by this, you know, the mental health and the substance use disorder. And, and so I think everybody does have the lived experience, but that's meant anyways. I'll totally pretend like we haven't referred to people as earthlings on our podcast (laughs) at times. Whoops. Now, so do you find that most of the people that come to the cafe and, and participate in the groups, do you find that they also are members of, other programs outside of that or do you find that for the majority they just do the cafe for uh for sure it's it's based on the c-car model so it's all about helping them find their path of recovery the recovery cafe is here to help them find their path of recovery whatever it is and so there probably are there are a few that this is enough for them but if it ever is not enough then we uh talk with them about that and ask them if maybe there's something else that and uh, we, we point to all paths of recovery, whether it be Dharma, Smart Recovery, Celebrate Recovery, AANA, uh, anything that we can come find, you know. Uh, what's nice about the recovery circles is it gives them a break, a little bit of break from that. It's more, this is all about community and connection. So when we go into, come into a, a circle, we sit and visit for 10, 15 minutes, and uh, and then we answer these five, five, is it five or six questions? Six questions. Six questions and, uh, and they're just really, they help you connect and the greatest thing that I saw about the cafe when I came was a part of it is I'm sitting here and I got a guy in a hardcore AA over here. I got this atheist guy over here. And the only reason I know he's atheist is because there's a celebrate recovery guy over here. And, <laughs> <laughs> and, and he's in smart recovery, you know, and then here's me that I've tried everything because I did when I was an addict and, and so I've tried them all and, uh, and we're connecting and there's some community and there's some conversation going. And next thing you know, these two guys are going to go fishing and this guy's going to try kayaking with me. You know what I mean? And, and so we take it out the door. It's, it's a, 
it's a place for, it's a hub for all people in recovery to come and build that connection that you don't get like in an AA meeting unless you're willing to hang out afterwards and drink some coffee with some people. And a lot of people won't do that, but they'll come in here and sit by themselves at a table. And then here comes Ethan over there in their world saying, hey, what's up? Because radical hospitality is our model. <laughs> radical <laughs> hospitality. We'll force you to be accepted here, damn it. Uh, <laughs> I love it. I, I love that you use the word hub, right? And so we've been exploring all these different paths while we've been doing this podcast. And look, I, I was an NA guy. I break my own anonymity, whatever. I still am an NA guy. I go to NA meetings. But I, I really feel like NA has become the hub just because it's the biggest one, right? And so people who really don't want what NA has to offer are going there anyway because it's what we hear and what we know. And they want to meet other people in a recovery-type lifestyle, right? They want to go kayaking with other clean, whatever, harm reduction people, and NA is the only place they know to go. And, and lately, I've been doing a lot of thinking, and I just think NA is great as a program, but we need a different recovery hub where everyone goes, right? We need a place where, like you just described, the, the smart recovery guy, the AA guy, the NA guy, they can all go and find other people in recovery, and, and it can be separate from their program, right? The program is totally. great. Sure, go work the 12 steps if that's what you want. But if you're a guy that doesn't fit in with the 12-step model and you just want to meet a bunch of other people, we need somewhere else for that. And that's what I think I has been most attractive about looking into your program for me. That's what's worked for me in my recovery. I struggled for 43 years at different times in my life. And, and, uh, this is what worked for me was this, you know, and it didn't just work for me. It helped me branch out to some of those other paths of recovery. And one of them, I didn't want nothing to do with at one time. And then now I go there, you know, so mm. the cafe that helped me see that, you know, by asking open-ended questions and, and, and meeting people, the good part instead of the bad and the ugly of that program. You know? so. Gotcha. Yeah, and you start to realize that, like, recovery is, is sort of like, you know, I love to use analogies of, like, a, a, a gym. Like, everybody needs recovery. It's good for people. And we just find kind of our own way that it works. But that doesn't mean we need to be kind of poo-poo or be against each other. You know, you guys are in this fellowship, so that's different than us, and we're the right way, and you're the wrong way. Like, that's that's old information. Like, there's too many people suffering out there now that need help that we really kind of can bridge those gaps and connect in a good place. Um, something like you're talking about, like a, a place where people can come to form that community. Yeah. Um, yeah, you treadmill guys are hurting your kneecaps. You need to be right. on the ellipticals. And no, y'all need the dumbbells. Right. It's about the dumbbells. Like, no, we're all working out, man. Right. Everybody's working out. Everybody's trying to get better. It's um, definitely when you walk in here, you see unity. And uh, it's just awesome to be able to, to step out from the world for a second into a place of recovery and just be know that you're safe and there's nothing but unity around you. It's just, it's amazing. It's just amazing. This episode has been brought to you in part by Voices of Hope, Inc., a nonprofit recovery organization made up of people in recovery, family members, and allies. Together, members strive to protect the dignity of those that use drugs and those in recovery by advocating for treatment, harm reduction and support resources, and mentoring. Please visit us at www.voicesofhopemaryland.org and consider donating to our calls. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Yeah, and one of the things we've noticed sort of, I don't want to say recently, but we've been working on in this area is, and I believe it talks about it in some of the Recovery Cafe uh, information, is like 
treatment and the medical system gets involved when people are in crisis, you know, and you can go and, and catch someone when they're in a crisis, get them into a 28 day program and, and then they get out. If they're lucky, they might go to a, a halfway house or a recovery house or something like that. But, you know, there hasn't really been a really great place for them to go and like connect and become part of a community that they live in. And I think having these recovery cafes gives us that that bridge there to connect people when they get out of treatment to their community and to find a connection there that, you know, a group of people that they can connect with. That actually, so we work with uh, Rainier Springs Treatment Center and also Lifeline Treatment Center um, because they said that's what was missing, you know, um, as soon as the um, individual was done with their, their, you know, their class or their, you know, treatment, where do they go? What do they do now? And so we have actually went to Rainier Springs and we do a recovery circle there so that they kind of know what the feeling is when they come to the cafe, what we have to offer. And so so we're kind of like following them right out the door with them. So they're not coming out the door going, what do we do now? They know come out the door and go to the recovery cafe and then, you know, we'll work with you there. And we help a lot of people like resourcing, like housing and uh, food. And we have employment specialists here to help with getting jobs. And then we have our one-on-one recovery coaches to help even more support and stuff. So um, like we said, three years ago when we started this, there was only, uh, there ended up only being about probably about five of us that was volunteering and that was our staff. That's all we had. And now we're up to 16 staff. And we also started with only three recovery circles and now we're up to, and that was like a week. And now we do 28 recovery circles a week. So, um, and yeah, it's amazing the progress and people, people are wanting to get help, you know? I, I think the, the term grassroots, I, I hope we come up with a new term because I hate the term grassroots for no real good reason. It just bothers me. But I, I feel like that's a lot of what we're talking to is people who are seeing a need that the system has failed to fill. And that's where the help is coming. I mean, we talked to a guy last week who, uh, you know, the hospital near us sucks and they treat substance use people really shittily. Shittily. Adverb. Defined as not well. And people don't want to go there for help. And so they're just running around with wounds and losing arms. And and he's a nurse from a neighboring county who wanted to do something. And so he got involved and he you know goes out and does wound care in the county for free. And it's like that kind of thing is trying to fill the void of what's not there. And, and what I think you just described for me is like the medical system has failed to have a long-term care model. Like there is no long-term care model. Hey, we got you clean. We taught you that addiction is like all in your brain and your body and your chemicals. Now go home to that traumatic place that you've been living your whole life. Well, thanks. That's not very useful, right? I'm going straight back into all my triggers and, and all the people who push my buttons and and yeah, we need something else. We need something where people can go and, and feel a sense of community and, and be a part of. We know that the disease of addiction, if you believe in the disease model or, or substance use, it's like it isolates people, right? We don't have a community of people doing something else. The only people I knew when I was using were other people getting high, right? When I got clean, it was like, well, how do you meet people who don't get high? I thought everybody did. I had no idea where to go. And and, and for me, that was where the 12-step program came in, right? But had there been something like this, uh, I'd have probably went for the better free coffee, yeah. honestly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and that was one of the things is um, on the Seattle, uh, there's the video show for the Seattle Cafe. They say, the lady on there, she goes, yeah, I come into this place and they offer you free food and free coffee. You know, I think there's a there's a connection there. They're trying to get you in with a hook. She goes, but guess what? It works. <laughs> so, right. And as far as like our food, um, our kitchen is amazing. Uh, they make everything pretty much from scratch. They work with the food bank in the, um, in the area and to get our food and they offer a full salad bar. So, because some, sometimes these, the people coming through the door, this is their only meal they're going to get for the day. 
And so we offer them, you know, a nutrition part, plus also, you know, good, you know, today we had turkey noodle soup, you know, yesterday, Tuesday tacos. So, <laughs> so do you have to be, uh, we were curious about that too. Do you have to be a member to come in and get the free meal? Is that part of how, how it works? So we, we ask you to be a member when you come in to utilize the free stuff. But at the same time, um, I think we had four or five people show up today that, you know, we're, we're on, it's, we call it the, um, the corridor. I five corridor. Well, the I five corridor, but the quarter, the fourth plane oh, corridor, yeah. because this, there's a lot of homeless activity and stuff going on along here. And we have big old open windows that look right into the cafe. Mm. <laughs> when you see people walking by, I'm like, Oh, they're going to swing around. They're going to come to the door. They see food. <laughs> And we're not going to turn nobody away, um, whether we send them out with, you know, some uh, to go thing to go out the door and stuff. So and then we just give them a little brochure and tell them to come check out the cafe and see if, you know, it'll work for them and stuff. So. Right. So for the most part, you know, we ask you to be a member to utilize the food stuff, but we're not going to turn somebody away. Yeah. So what besides the food, what other I guess I'll call it services or, or opportunities do you provide for people there? Yeah. So you want to talk about that? Well, there's, there is the school of recovery. So we are recovery cafe, Clark County school of recovery. And so there's a school of recovery that just life skills that we teach, we bring instructors in or we teach ourselves. Uh, we brought the food bank in to teach people to cook uh, healthy meals. And, and I took that class and I hadn't cooked for years because Becky's a great cook. She's cook here for, she, she ran the kitchen for the first year and a half. But uh, I took the class and I took it with some members that I'd met when I first started because I helped open the cafe, but I took it with them. And, uh, and I, it was just awesome to get to feel the empowerment. Next thing you know, I'm going home and making dinner and, you know, chicken to something. Was it chicken? What is it? Chicken. It was a chicken pot pie. Yeah. Chicken pot pie. And, yeah, and uh, so I, to be able to feel that same empowerment that they're getting was awesome. Uh, and so the pandemic has shut a lot of the schooling, the uh, school recovery down, but it's starting to, move right now right now there's an art class healing arts and uh there's two we got a member that teaches it every other week and then a staff that teaches it every other week and they're both in there teaching it right now and uh so yeah so anything that we can get we're, we're working on getting and rent well and some other different classes in here and so the school recovery is a big one and then we also do fun stuff i mean we don't just do let's just do classes and stuff well what, those are fun too you know we can make anything fun but like uh, before the pandemic, we got to, we partnered with Lifeline and CVAB, which is another um, uh, recovery outreach here. And we got two big old buses and we filled them up with all of our members and everything. We took them up to the Mariners game up in Seattle for the uh, recovery, um, uh, it was a recovery, recovery yeah, day. recovery day. So tons of people were up there uh, just kind of supporting recovery and stuff. So, and that's what we offer to the members for free. We do ice cream socials. We do um, hands across the bridge. We try to make sure we do a lot of fun stuff. We do uh, a recovery forum. So every year we, there's probably about, I think, well, before the pandemic, there was like 200 at the recovery forum and they give, do like uh, raffle tickets and stuff like that. Me and Ethan aren't allowed to do it anymore because we win every time. So uh <laughs> I know how to play. <laughs> <laughs> so, but we do, we try to do a lot of fun stuff because we don't want to just say, you know, recovery is just learning and here you go. Here's some books, here's some classes. We want to do fun stuff. And we also, so the recovery cafe also is 18 and over. And so, because we don't ask people for their background. So as they come through the door, so we don't know what their background is and if they could be around, you know, people under 18, so that's why we say 18 and over. But at the same time, uh, we want people to let their families know what they're doing here. So we do have a family night and only people that are um, allowed to, and everybody has respected that. We have not had one problem with it whatsoever, but uh, we turn this whole place into kind of like a little arcade. We do like a, a Nerf thing, a mini golf, darts. We set up games and everything and, that way that they could bring their families in. Karaoke. Oh yeah. Karaoke. Can't forget karaoke. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah. And we show them what we do here. It let the families come and see what we do. So. Do you card people? 
No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you have to be 18. Um, I'm curious, do you find that people come mostly just for their group uh, and, and if they need anything else, or do people just tend to sit in the cafe all day long and hang out like in and out, like this guy's here for six hours and somebody else might come in and hang out with him for a few hours and the first guy leaves? Or is, is it like a crowd there all the time? Uh, well, before the pandemic, we because we also have uh, like computers that people could utilize and stuff. So we've had people come here and just some some will come and do their schoolwork, and uh, because it's kind of quiet in the late afternoons, uh, and then that's when we also have our classes, like our art class and stuff, is in the later afternoons. So um, yeah, people we've had people come in here and just sit all day. Uh, it's it's because it it feels safe. Or, you know, they're having a really tough day. Uh, they're having a lot of triggers going on. And so they swing in here and they're like, hey, I just want to hang out with you guys for a while. Is that okay? And we're like, yeah, of course. So, of course, you know, we might throw a broom in your hand or, you know, do something. <laughs> so, but yeah, uh, there's a few people that come in. And uh, there's uh, one one gentleman, he comes in every single day. So he utilizes the computer and stuff. So That's awesome. Yeah. All right, so I got to ask this question. I, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little nervous. Um, <laughs> Uh-oh, I'm nervous. <laughs> 20, 24 hours clean. Uh, how, what, what's the recovery cafe view of Suboxone and Methadone? All paths of recovery. You're in recovery when you say you're in recovery. So, yeah, it's, uh, I, I think, uh, yeah, Methadone is in the, a big one that they use down here in Clark County, but I've known members that have, uh, I know members and others, volunteers and such that, that, uh, are in the MAP program and, uh, use some awesome for the recovery. So yeah, it's, we're all in, we're all in for recovery. Oh, thank God. I was, I was nervous. <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I almost said it earlier uh, about how NA is not accepting of people on Suboxone. And then I was like, well, I don't know if they are either. I better not say that. But no, that's great, man. That's great. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that goes back to that original point I was making of needing a recovery hub outside of a 12-step program or any program that's got an opinion on what recovery looks like. It's, it's just got to be something else because that's not for everybody, right? And, and I I like the idea that everybody can come here. You can get a coffee. You can hang out. You can come there on Friday night if you got nothing. To, are, can you come there on Friday night? Are you open at night? Not yet. Okay. But it's in yes. the works. <laughs> it's in the works. It is. It's in the works. And then uh, uh, youth and families in the works too, so – we're growing fast. <laughs> That's awesome. So do you, would you ever rent out a room to a different program? Is that a thing? Like, Yep, we do. We have a Recovery 360, which is an AA group come here. In fact, they'll be here this evening. And then we have um, HA, which is Heroines Anonymous. They come in here twice a week. We have DRA, Dual Recovery Anonymous comes in here. Um, we did have a uh, smart or not smart recovery, uh, Dharma, Dharma used to come in. So, yeah, we, we, uh, uh, offer those space and stuff for people to utilize. So if, you know, why not? We're not using it at that time. So we're not just going to let it sit there and go to waste when people could use it. So that's awesome. And yeah. I think I just learned about new programs that I'd never heard of before. <laughs> yeah. <Which one? laughs> I, I don't know, like dual recovery anonymous. I don't oh. know if I knew it. I'm guessing it's mental ERA. health. Yeah. Yep. I don't even know if I knew there was heroin anonymous, to be honest with you. I knew that one. I didn't Did know you? the DRA. I haven't uh -huh. heard of that. We'll have to track <laughs> yeah. these people down right. and get them to come on here and talk. <laughs> yeah, we need to learn more about this stuff. So have you found any pushback from the community, like the recovery community at all? Has there been any naysayers, any what you're doing is not good for what we're, we want or any of that? I think we, we have a little bit in the beginning, but it's all gone now, you know, and hmm. one of them is that, you know, we have members that are on the registry. And uh, so that was, I remember, and then somebody that didn't like it, I think they post on some kind of forum or something. And, and, uh, but we've, uh, we don't do background checks. So they must've did the background check and they actually sat outside across the street and watched. And I think is how they figured that. I think that's what it was, but it was just in the beginning. 
But part of recovery coaching is rolling with resistance, right? <laughs> Imagine being creepy enough to stalk somebody to point out that they are on the registry and went into a building. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they need a registry That's for that. <laughs> what the heck? Yeah. No, I'm I'm thankful for that too because I – I don't know. That's like a personal thing to my heart. People in the registry, it really bothers me that there is a registry. Like I, I'm just, I can't believe we can't give them the sentence they need and then let it go. Like that just really hurts my heart that people have that their whole life. I mean, it, it's awful. Some of the crimes that are committed, I'm not trying to like advocate for anything awful to right, go right. on, but I just hate that there's no, you never get to clear your name. And I don't like that. Um, what about outside the recovery community? Was there pushback in the neighborhood you're in or anything? I know a lot of places around here want to start. Like everybody's like, yeah, we need recovery resources. And then they're like, oh, cool. We're going to put it in the place down the street from you. And they're like, oh, no, not here. I meant like in the other neighborhoods. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, um, I think we were kind of, um, I guess, blessed by because there's right down the road is where uh, the Lifeline um, Treatment Center is. And so that was kind of already here, but um, I don't think we've really gotten any pushback from the neighbors or anything like that. So, of course, we do offer our neighbors free coffee. So. <laughs> yeah, we, we, uh, we have people come in to volunteer from drug court or whatever. And we don't have anything. We have them clean our, you know, the restaurant next door's parking lot or whatever we can. And, uh, and you know, on a slow day, me and uh, one of the COVID monitors, Sweeney, we'll, we'll walk next door and check out this gaming store right here or go over here and check these, get to know these people say, hey, here we are. You know, it's that community uh, involvement. And we, we like to partner with anybody we can. And I, and I think that's crucial. And, and a very good lesson learned often is that when we are in the recovery community, people have pushback against us before they get to know us. Right. And look, having a recovery resource in a community is something crappy going to happen at some point, probably. Right. But how many good things are going to happen too? And how many positive interactions are we going to have to mitigate that one crappy thing that eventually, you know, happens everywhere, unfortunately, whether it's a recovery place or not. So, and when you talked about, you know, people having the, because people got labels and stigma, right? And so mm. the thing that I loved about the C-car model is that it takes away, it just kind of peels back a little bit of that stigma and the labels as you take the class, you know. I'll be honest, when I first started taking the class and they talked about harm reduction, I'm like, ah, you're either in recovery or not in recovery. Come on, you know. And so, but when I started taking the class and learning all this stuff, and then it started making sense to me. I'm like, oh you know, let them take that little step and then they'll take another little step and another little step. So yeah, there is such thing as harm reduction. It is good. So yeah, it, it helps take away those stigmas and labels that people have out in the community and stuff. So. Absolutely. I think Billy and I kind of both at some point in our recovery had that same mindset, right? Like, no, you're either clean or you're not. And, and, and doing that is actually going to keep you from getting clean because you've got the easier, softer way. And, uh, just being outside of that 12 step model, hearing other things, learning more information. I, I don't know. <laughs> just, just know, right? Like yeah. if you can save a life today, why not? If your life is a little bit better today, why would you continue to be miserable for longer? Like, it just doesn't make nothing about that old idea I had makes any sense to me today. So mm -hmm. I, I'm all for support of whatever works, right? If your life is better today, God damn it, do whatever that takes to get that. Because we, you know, you, how long do we live? Like, don't waste days being extra miserable because I don't want to open my mind. Right. You got it right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if if people walk in, you know, whatever, and, and join, coming off the streets and join, are they assigned a group, like a recovery circle? Do they get to pick that? And then same with the recovery coach. Like, do you guys assign them a recovery coach, or is that something they kind of feel out and, and decide which things they want to try or do? I'll answer the coach part. Becky's in charge of the circle part. But uh, <laughs> as far as the recovery coach, we just – we whoever identifies that they need one just kind of qualifies it, lets them know it's not gender specific and 
and uh, let, let's them decide. And if they don't want to decide, then we flip a coin. No, <laughs> then we staff it and figure out what's up. <laughs> and so, circles. As far as the, the circles, uh, when they come in and do their new member introduction, we just talk about what day works best for them. Um, we, like I said, we have circles throughout the whole week. We have them in the evenings and stuff. So we ask what day works for them. And, you know, while we're sitting there talking with them, we kind of get to know them just a little bit. So we kind of know what facilitator might kind of work a little bit better with them. So we'll be like, oh, you're going to be in so-and-so circle. And so, and then like uh, if you're assigned, let's say Tuesday at one o'clock with, uh, we don't have one, but a gym, then that's who you go every Tuesday at one o'clock. You meet with Jim and usually about eight other people in the circle. And you just talk about, we ask them to answer six questions, which is, um, how are you doing today? What can you celebrate? What are your struggles or your challenges? Uh, what have you done to nurture your recovery this week? What is your goal for the week? And how can we support you in that goal? So, and then of course we just keep on talking about, you know, you know, oh, I need help moving my bed or, you know, something like that. It's, but it's also to help hold them accountable and um, with going to their circle once a week. Uh, we do take attendance. So if you do not go to your circle for like four weeks in a row and we haven't heard from you, then we just drop you from that circle. So it leaves a spot open for somebody that's willing to go every single week. Uh, let's say um, Dave doesn't come in for four weeks straight and we haven't heard from him, but on the fifth week he shows up and he's like, Hey, I know I haven't been here, but I want to get back in. We just kind of fast track him, sit down, talk to him about where he's been, what he's been going through. And then we put him in either a different circle. We'll put him back in his circle if there's opening and stuff. So once you're a member, you're always a member here. So um, we don't take you away from membership at all. So there's no way to get kicked out. <laughs> Yes, there is. <laughs> well, not, not, no, no, there's not. But we have, there are a couple of times we did have to ask some people to uh, seek out a, a little bit of mental health mm. and uh, show us a little bit of proof and then we let them back in. So n there really is no way to be kicked out unless I guess, not yet, anyways. <laughs> so, yeah, we've only, I think there's only been twice in the three years that we've been open that we've had to utilize that where we're like, hey, we think you could use, um, go and talk to somebody, you know, with your mental health and stuff, show that you have been doing these steps, come back with, you know, a paper and we'll let you back in the cafe until then we have to keep this space safe for everybody. So, um, you know, yeah, we, we ask for commitment and growth and, uh, but you know, you, uh, there's, a, it's a self-driven recovery model, but it, we meet people, you know, our shirt, our shirt here. Let's see if I can turn around. It says we meet people. Can they see it? I'll put them down. Okay. It says we meet people where they're at. But I mean, to be to be true to what we're doing, we shouldn't leave them there. Mm. And so that's that's where we're at with that growth part and commitment. Yeah. Put, putting it on my bucket list. I want to be the first person to get kicked out of recovery. <laughs> no, I, I don't really. Well, and, and working with a local recovery organization here, like you like you say, you see a lot of, and I hate to call them frequent flyers, but people that kind of come in and out and and that need a lot of help. You know, they need a lot of support and they can tend to make things rough sometimes. But same here. It's like the door's always open and they're always welcome to come back. And, you know, it's it can be tough, though. <laughs> <laughs> it is. <laughs> And so I believe you have like the service, obviously you're doing the recovery groups on site. And I think you do like some employment coaching on site as well. And is that like the general gist of what you do and the rest is resourced out to other local um, organizations? Yeah. Uh, so for the most part, we, we actually have a, we call him a, and I was hoping he was going to be on here, but he's our resource guy. So um, he pretty much checks throughout the community, what's going on, what kind of resources are there. And then he fills up a file cabinet so that, you know, somebody comes in and they're like, Hey, I need housing. We go straight to the thing, pull out of the file. Here you go. We got housing. This is what's offered. This is what's open. Uh, I need food. He figures that out. Um, rent well classes, all that stuff. Full-time job to be a resource broker. I mean, as a recovery coach, I worked for Lifeline for two and a half years as a recovery coach for outpatient and any 
any time downtime I had, I was seeking out resources and it's a full-time job because they, they fall out and the new ones pop up and you don't want to give your recovery a, a bad resource. So at the cafe, which is cool is we got Charles. So he's just, he's, he's checking them all the time. <laughs> and do you guys find people coming to seek access to treatment or more after they've been through treatment or both? Uh, I, I would say both. So we, we do get a lot of people that have, like from Rainier Springs lately, we've been getting a lot of people from there showing up and stuff. But we have um, today we just had somebody show up and said, hey, you know, I'm looking for treatment. What do you have to, you know, what's there to offer in this? I just moved here. What do you have to offer? So and we keep that on file. Also, uh, we have contacts for like different like Rainier Springs. We have a phone number. We could call them and say, hey, we have so and so here. Can we refer them to you guys? Do you have a bed open? And so that way we're not just, you know, handing them a piece of paper and say, go check out Lifeline, go check out Rainier. We could actually call the people and say, hey, do you have something open? Can we send them there? So we know we're sending them to somewhere they could get help. Gotcha. And so uh, we know how tied in mental health is with substance use, right? We, we don't know exactly what it does, but we know it's very, very tied in frequently for, for a lot of people. And I think one of the challenges is getting quality mental health services for people that don't have insurance, which is our basically entire substance use community almost. Um, there's like some resources available, but they're not really the ones you want to be at, unfortunately. Is that different like in your locality and, and how... How easy do you find it when you have people who come and say, look, this is the resource I need. I really need better like mental health services. Is that available for people that don't have insurance out by you? And, and can you find that for people? Yeah, I actually, uh, just about a couple months ago, I, uh, I recovery coach someone here and uh, I went, I went to lifeline and to the admissions and, uh, and, which was really cool because he threw the clipboard down three times because he was frustrated. And that's what's cool about lived experience. Cause I'd been there, been that guy that didn't want to fill out paperwork and stuff, but he filled out the financial aid part of it. And then uh, told, and then they also uh, helped him apply for medical right there and just, but he wouldn't have done that if someone wouldn't have walked with him through the process and, and sat down with him three times after he threw the clipboard <laughs> and now he's getting help there. So. Awesome. I think there's more than just it. There's a few places that take pretty good medical around here. Um, and like Ethan says, they'll actually, there's a few sp- that will sit down and do, you know, try to fill out the medical with you. So you could try to get medical if you don't have medical. Yeah. So uh, the building down the road, right off I five, it's what, half a mile from us. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a federal building, but Lifeline Connections, which is a big treatment center in Washington, but it's about Southwest Washington. It, uh, rents a lot of it. Then there's CBAB, which is another recovery support system like the Recovery Cafe that specializes in mental health versus substance use. And so they have a, a clinical hub right down the road, which helps them do that. And so they have peers at CBAB. So a lot of times we just point people. I think you've even walked halfway and met a peer mm-hmm. halfway and handed them off and they've handed people off to us. And so they help them get medical. They get them on a computer and help them get their, med- their medical. And the inpatient treatment's right across the hallway from uh, CBAB. Yeah, that's important. I mean, having that, like you say, that person there to help walk through those things and, and just to be a peer to go through some of those difficult challenges with access to mental health, access to medical treatment is really important, you know, so that's good work. I'll try to phrase this tactfully, but... How do you offer all these things for free? <laughs> you know, where do you get money for coming. all this? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so our organization op- operates mostly off grants. That's why I ask. It's mostly grant funded, and you know that seems to be where the money's. <laughs> so. yeah. Didn't know if you knew where the secret money tree was that we could find. <laughs> right, well, we have He's that right over there. <laughs> So no, we, um, so we're part of the network, the cafe network. And so they do offer like some funding and stuff and grants that you could, you know, apply for through the recovery cafe network. But, um, so I'll be honest, I think the first year and a half, two years, we're, we're struggling a little bit, you know, with it, but, um, we ended up getting an amazing grant writer. 
And so uh, he does some amazing grant writing and has brought us up pretty good and taken care of us. Um, so yeah, it's all through grants and people, you know, donating and stuff. But we also have, it's called ATR, we call it ATR, it's Access to Recovery. Um, so it's a funding through the- County, we voted a certain amount of our tax dollars to go to it in Clark County. And so a lot of like the housing and stuff like that, <laughs> they uh, get funding through there is through ATR and stuff. So, and then SOAR, so. We hired the grant, the grant writer for the Recovery Cafe. He worked <laughs> for the network and we heard that we were looking for an executive director and uh, he applied and we snatched him. <laughs> His name's Vince Collins. He's the executive director of Recovery Cafe, Clark County. Gotcha. I, I want to move to a county where they put that kind of <laughs> amendment on the voting bill. I'm like right? so jealous. We're in an incredibly conservative county. I grew up in a town like that. So I get it. <laughs> there is a cafe uh, in uh, uh, D.C. that I know they talk about having struggles and stuff like that of trying to get funding. That's crazy. I would just think that the bigger metropolitan areas would have a, they'd have the funding and B they'd have a billion people there that wanted the resource because it's, it's so many people in these larger cities that are struggling with substance use. I think it all depends on how people are, uh, I don't know, applying for it. Maybe. I don't know. Mm. And just on a, on a better note with the, the money stuff, I mean, you mentioned you have some community partners that you've worked with. So obviously it seems like some of the businesses or organizations in the area do uh, support the Recovery Cafe. Yeah, definitely. Um, so like with uh, CVAB and um, with we even have a, it's a faith based, it's a church down the road and stuff. So they help support us just by, you know, offering our members to go there uh, and utilize their space. Or uh, to be honest, we've kind of been helping them, I think. <laughs> Got this amazing grant writer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's amazing to see. Uh, we just came, we just showed up, you know, I had a year and a half clean and sober, and I heard about a group of people that were going to start a cafe. And what I heard is I was just trying to do a recovery activity every day. There was people in recovery and I showed up and, and, and I just kept showing up every day and they just kept showing up. And, and that's what we are today is, hmm. you know, group of committed people in recovery, all walks of life, all paths of recovery, just coming and meeting. And, uh, this is what we've built. So hear that listener. If you have a recovery cafe and this sounded appealing and it's in your area, go hang out there and get involved. And if you don't go start the damn thing. You got there it. There you go. <laughs> and what's the website people can visit to learn more about Recovery Cafe or, or your specific Recovery Cafe even? Uh, so it's uh, recoverycafecc.org is our website. So uh, if they go on the Recovery Cafe network, um, it will actually, they will see where all the cafes are from. There's like a map on it shows where every one of the cafes are offered and stuff like that. So, and it also, the Recovery Cafe Network um, website has, if you are interested in starting a recovery cafe, because they will help you get a recovery cafe started in your area and they'll work side by side with you. So, and they are amazing. They don't just say, okay, here, you can have the title, go for it. They actually walk step by step through with you and any struggles you have, they help you out. So they're an amazing, amazing bunch of people. So that's awesome. Well, I can't thank you guys enough for coming on. I learned something. I definitely think this is something I would be interested in. I mean, I, I don't know that I have the ambition to run out and start anything. I'm not going to lie. I'm pretty lazy. But like in general, if they had one, I would go. <laughs> I'd be a member. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would probably. Yeah. I'd be all in. I, I like the idea. I like the concept. And, and I love the way it's it's a non-judgmental recovery hub for all and yeah go out and have your programs outside of that but like just come hang out maybe we'll go kayaking maybe we'll you know like you were talking about go fishing together whatever just a place to do things without the old haunts right that's right exactly that's all about beautiful. connection yeah 
Well, thank you guys so much, and and I really appreciate you taking the time out to tell everybody about it. Okay. Yes, and thank you for all your hard work. I know it takes a dedicated team to build something like that. So thank you for showing up and sticking with it. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for what you do, getting the word out. I really appreciate it. Absolutely, Becky, Ethan, have a good week. Okay. All right. Thank you. Bye. Did you like this episode? Share it with people you think might get something out of it. Check out the rest of our episodes at recoverysortof.com. Also, while you're there, you can find ways to link up with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, YouTube, anything. We're always looking for new ideas. Got an idea you want us to look into? Reach out to us.